Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Alex Robinson, the online editor of Field & Stream, and this is the Field & Stream Adventures podcast. This is Field & Stream's very first podcast, a seven-part series called Paddling Quetico. We're taking you along on our canoe trip through Quetico Provincial Park, a massive wilderness area along the Minnesota-Ontario border spanning more than one million acres. Me and three others. I'm Steph Shelton. My name's Ben Romans. My name is Maddie Mahon. Got Moose Track Adventures to gear us up and help us secure a float plane to be dropped off in the middle of nowhere, Canada. Then we'd paddle and portage through Quetigo back to the U.S. in just seven days. We're following this trip day by day, so if this is your first time tuning in, go back and listen to the previous episodes. In last week's episode, we took on Lake Agnes, the huge lake that runs like an interstate through the park. How do you think you're going to feel at like hour six of paddling? Tired and sore, with a headache, dehydrated, my lips will be sunburned. (laughs) The usual. Just a normal day. The usual. The usual here in Quetico. It was a tough day of paddling in the sun, but we lucked out with the wind and weather and we're finally getting comfortable. The thunderstorms and long portages seem far behind us now. We were down to the last couple days of the trip, but of course, there's always a new challenge ahead. And that brings us to this week's theme, bugs. Bugs really can be one of the biggest challenges on a trip into Quetico, which is well known as one of the buggiest places in the upper Midwest. Battling bugs is a war of attrition. They hit you hardest when you're most vulnerable. Like say, when you've got both hands locked on your canoe and you're portaging down a swampy trail, or Even worse, when you're trying to take your morning bathroom break. And after all the big challenges of a wilderness trip, like navigation and long stretches of paddling and turbulent weather, well, a swarm of black flies can be enough to push you over the edge. Here's our outfitter, Jim. The beginning of June is definitely the bug month. There's nothing you can do about it, but be prepared. I prefer to wear, like I said, synthetic clothes, long sleeve shirts. Can you spray bug dope on the outside of your clothes? That keeps them off your clothes. Now, typically they're, uh, they're manageable. And I pulled into a campsite because we had a long day of paddling. And we got uh, to the campsite and it was the bugs were so bad you were actually breathing them in. The black flies. <laughs> and that was bad. So... When we pulled into camp, we set up tent, and typically we were going to have our normal uh, steak and potato and a a glass of wine and and enjoy our first night at camp. Well, uh, we ended up eating a a couple of pieces of bread and and threw our tents up and said goodnight. The bugs won. But so far the bugs weren't nearly as bad as we expected, and we were well prepared with a bunch of thermocells and plenty of bug dope. We even had head nets tucked away in our packs, just in case things got really bad. We decided to take our trip in early June, because that's when the fishing is typically best. But it's also when the black flies and mosquitoes are out in full force. We felt lucky to have made it so far without getting swarmed. Even so, we just had to share some of our worst bug stories. My dad might not remember this, but when we were a kid, when I was a kid, growing up in Ohio, he took us camping to one of our favorite spots, and... He, uh, we caught some fish and we were going to cook them for dinner and he was building a fire, but didn't realize there was an underground bees or hornet bee or hornet nest in the fire ring. So when we lit the fire, it kind of made him crazy. And, uh, 
we all went running, my brother and my dad and I running separate directions. And I think, I don't remember getting stung. I know, my, I think my dad did. He got bit or something. Bees do something like that of just creating a, a bee swarm creates like a certain amount of terror in a camp. Yeah. That's for sure. My worst bug story doesn't have to do with panic or anything like that. It's just uh, endurance of really bad bugs for like an hour. I was fishing off of Long Island uh, striper fishing in a kayak and it w- had poured rain. We were out really early in the morning and it had poured rain so we um, kind of took some shelter in this little cafe and then the rain looked like it was going to stop so we got all of our stuff and went back out and the sun came out and just as the sun started peeking out swarms and swarms of black flies came and uh, and we were in this marsh, you know, this um, saltwater marsh and in kayaks and there was like no wind and we were just totally swarmed by them and you couldn't paddle fast enough to get away from them so, and we weren't like expecting them so we didn't have a ton of bug spray or anything like that either so we just started heading out like into into the ocean to like get away from them but while you're paddling, it takes two hands, so you couldn't swat them off your face or your ears. You know, they go up your nose and in your eyes, and they would just eat at you and eat at you. And um, and you'd paddle as fast as you could, and then you'd swipe them away from your face and then paddle some more. And um, by the end, the guy that I was fishing with and I both had, like, bites all over my face. I pulled up my shirt, and I had, like, black flies in my belly button. Were they the ones that welt up and bleed and... Yep. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, and that's my worst bug story of all time. I actually think the bugs on the portages, they smell They smell our exhaustion. They know we're tired, and they know we're not going to swat at them, so they just attack. Yeah. It's funny, yeah, that's like when you're at your lowest, right, and that's when the bugs are the worst. Yeah. It's also when they seem to bother you the most. You know, because you're like, you're exerting yourself so much, you're already tired, you're hot, you're dehydrated. And then it's just like that one little more thing like put, can kind of push you over the edge. Or if you're out fishing and you're hammering fish, like it doesn't seem as bad. But I don't know, portaging through mosquito swamps is pretty brutal. I think the other thing, you know, we've actually, we've, it's interesting that, you know, we say the bugs um, aren't all that bad here, but we've been strategic about where we go like we've planned our trip around the bugs in a lot of ways you know mosquitoes and noceums and black flies and ants and spiders you know we've really selective about where we put our camp and um you know what sort of bug spray we're using and what sort of clothes we're wearing you just got bit damn now they're coming out you talk about now we're starting to get this is what they do the sun's going down and the mosquitoes are coming out it's time to put some bug dope on and fire up the thermocell. To beat the bugs, we're strategic about where we camp, mostly looking for islands and breezy points. We're definitely staying away from marshes and stagnant water. We fillet our fish away from camp and build a nice smoky fire before the sun goes down each night and the mosquitoes come out. So we were happy when we reached our campsite, a gorgeous spot on Sunday Lake where we had a whole island to ourselves. But the camp we settled on wasn't our first choice. In fact, It was the third spot we'd scouted that day. We had to pass on the first two camps because they were covered in weird little insects that we couldn't even identify. Once we'd settled in, Maddie got Ben to talk about the day's bizarre bug encounters. When we were researching this trip, uh, Alex and I 
one of the things we kept coming across were these stories about the bugs of Quetico, and they almost had this mythical status, uh, especially in the mosquitoes and black flies. A lot of reports and stories of people that came and went, that seemed to be the one thing they took away. Their one complaint were the bugs. So we've kind of come into this expecting it. Um, but in the meantime, we're also encountering some other bugs and some other uh, infestation that we weren't really counting on. When we moved down to the south end of Lake Agnes, we actually had our first real encounters with black flies. And they have a nasty bite. And they don't really seem to respond to DEET. They, they're the Superman of the, the bug world, of the fly world. And they leave a nasty wound. It itches like crazy. Sometimes they draw blood. Uh, they're not too bad today. They were bad last night. Uh, maybe as the day warms up, we'll see more of them. But um, on top of that, camp number one decided not to stay because of ants. Camp number two, we decided not to stay because there was a mystery bug. Seemed to be falling from the trees like rain on top of Maddie's tent. And uh, I wasn't down for that. So we moved to camp number three and we decided to live with with the mosquitoes. Can you describe like how many of these little mystery bugs there were? Because it was really weird. The thing that the about Maddie's tent was, you hear you could hear these bugs falling, and when you got close and looked, it, they were about the size of a pinhead, just hundreds of them, hundreds and thousands of these little bugs, and you could listen to the to the tarp, the rain tarp, and it sounded like a pitter patter of rain, but it was just more bugs falling on top. So I don't know, maybe maybe we got to get a ticks flea collar for your tent or something like that. Happily, though, this new site seemed to be filled only with the normal bugs of Quetico. A few mosquitoes, a few black flies, par for the course, really. We turned them away with thermocells and a good campfire. But the days of hard work were taking their toll on us in little ways. Both Ben and I had the injuries to prove it. Ben's ongoing foot problem, day number three. Uh, about a day or two ago, I cut my heel. Um, I have some open blisters and some, looks like some rub marks from where the straps have kind of rubbed my feet raw. That's a problem when your feet are always wet. They're so soft. The skin's so soft and it, it's easy to get an injury. Well, it's actually my ankle. Um, I twisted it. It felt okay, like while we were going. But then after we paddled into camp today and I got out of the canoe, I was like, ooh, that hurts. And then uh, walked around a little bit and it was pretty stiff. So I looked at it and it was pretty swollen um, and a little discolored. So I was like, well, we should probably wrap that up. But even with our bumps and bruises, we'd gotten efficient at setting up and taking down our camp. After days of working together, everyone started to find their own roles. Actually, the best part of our day is when we find the ramp for a campsite. And when that happens, we pull up our canoes, we unload them. Um, we start feeling out the campsite, figuring out where the good tent spots are. Uh, once we figure that out, we put up a kitchen, uh, get some firewood, and then uh, get tents set up, get, set, get, get everything prepared, and then it's fishing time. Tonight is actually a great night. We have probably one of our better campsites, and it's on the end of a, a little pointed island, so we have 360 views. I took the prime real estate, the room with a view. Uh, I've got a wide open ceiling ahead. I've got a couple shade trees, a great view of the lake. My neighbor is Maddie, who proceeded to hang her laundry in my trees. Uh, <laughs> but you got to do what you what you can do to, to dry your clothes because you're limited on what you can carry in and, and you might have to reuse something later. We uh, 
have a nice campfire up on the hill and it's actually designed so that people have to build small fires which is a great idea out here you never know when the wind's going to pick up and the last thing you want to do is start a wildfire and to the right of that we have our tarp which we've been diligently setting up because jim our outfitter told us that this was the crucial thing we have to keep our tarp up the tarp actually saved us on the first night it was a saving grace uh Tonight, it looks a little sad. I'm not sure Jim would want to see it. <laughs> and what else? We've got my hammock over to the side. That has been... The hammock is a huge plus. That, if I could have packed one thing, I would have packed a hammock. You've got a great view of the side channel to the lake. We can actually hear the loons from our campsite now that the wind has died down. And uh, yeah, a couple camp chairs and a couple logs. And we're living, we're living the high life. But there's no doubt that it gets tedious. Because we're trying to cover such a large stretch in a relatively short time, 57 miles in seven days, we couldn't afford to kick back and stay at one camp for multiple nights. A pretty unique aspect of this trip is that you have to pick up your camp, pack it up every morning, and then set it up again every night because we've got so much water to cover that we can't really afford to spend one more than one night um, at any given campsite. So... The first day was definitely kind of a shock to the system. Everybody was scrambling everywhere. It was raining. But now um, we're sort of in a routine of everybody knows what to do. Um, our stuff is much more organized. And um, everybody has their own job a little bit. Um, just, for example, in the morning to get out of camp, we've got everybody's got to break down their tent. We've got to pack up all the gear. We've got to pack all the canoe bags, pack all the canoes, and then push off. Suddenly, we were at the end of night five. We only had one more day to go. So tune in next week when we finally make it back to the U.S. and have to say goodbye to one of the last great wilderness areas. All right, welcome home, everyone. Woo! It's going to be so nice to have a beer. This podcast is brought to you by Thermocell. Thermocell camp lanterns provide 300 lumens of light and keep mosquitoes, black flies, and no seams at bay. Check them out at thermocell.com slash mosquito dash repellent. And also Moose Track Adventures, providing guide services and outfitting to the Boundary Waters Canoe Area and Quetico Provincial Park. Find them at moosetrackadventures.com. This Field and Stream podcast was produced by myself and Maddie Mahon. And now, for your Ben Romans moment of the week. I got calluses like brass knuckles. It's like leather. <laughs> I could probably grab a bee right now and shake it like dice, and it wouldn't do anything.